Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of According to RP on WJMS Media, powered by Black Ivy Media. It's your girl, Rita Pierre, your host. And as always, I hope you guys are striving, thriving, and surviving in these streets. Guys, for the longest time, I had taken a break from saying these corona-infested streets. Guys, La Covira Maria is back. COVID is back in these streets. And I'm telling you this because your girl was a victim again. But before I get into my second COVID story, welcome back, everyone. (laughs) Happy Sunday and happy June. I I missed the opportunity to tell you guys happy June last Sunday because of La Covida, but happy June. And I am so excited about this month only because it really marks the official start of summer. And you guys know that although I do not like the heat, I said this in a past episode, I like the idea of the relaxation that tends to come with summer. You know, a lot of employers have like summer Fridays, you know, you're expected to show up to work, but it's understandable if you're a little bit blase, you know, the beaches are popping, the parks. I just love it. So I'm excited about June. Either way. (laughs) So as I said, COVID is back in the streets. I'm here to give you guys a PSA. Um, I know that the government has stated that masks are, I don't know, optional, especially when it comes to transit. I am here to tell you, if you are traveling, especially on any form of mass transit, put your mask on and not just any mask, put on an N95 mask. And I'm saying this because I haven't gotten into my, my, you know, journey, my, I'm going through so many journeys right now, but either way, I've been having a lot of health stuff. Those of you who are close to me know that I've been going through months and months of like health issues, concerns or whatever the case is, which sometimes, you know, could be the reason why maybe an episode might not be, you know, on a particular weekend. Right. But either way, um, you know, trying to put a wellness routine for myself, trying to really get myself uh, some, you know, some air, trying to get myself some fun while I'm, you know, dealing with these issues. So I decided I was going to go see some relatives who I had not seen for such a long time, like pre-COVID, right? And obviously because of COVID, people weren't seeing people. And especially your, you know, elderly relatives, you were making sure that, you know, you stayed clear from them. But now things seemed that they were getting a little better with this COVID front. We're like, all right, let's go visit our relatives. So myself and a few other um, cousins, we, you know, did what we needed to do. We quarantined, took tests, masks, all this other stuff, um, you know, to, to, to prepare for this trip. Unfortunately, one of my relatives um, who was traveling from very far, like several hours away via plane, um, ended up catching COVID on the plane. And the reason she caught COVID on the plane was not because she wasn't wearing a mask. In fact, she was double masked, but nobody else on the plane was wearing a mask and they were coughing and sneezing the entire trip from what I was told. 
So now, unfortunately, you know, your girl <laughs> ends up sharing a room with this relative. And of course, I was man down, right? Man down. And I had another cousin of mine who was also man down. So I left New York to go relax and to go be one with nature and to hopefully, I don't know, recalibrate myself and reground myself. And I end up catching COVID. <laughs> so it's one of those things where it's like, the first time I caught COVID, I was highly upset because there was carelessness in the mix of how I ended up catching it. I was very careful, but there was carelessness in the mix. But this time around, people actually did everything possible to keep themselves safe and others safe. And I still caught COVID, trying to trying to trying to retreat. Um which goes to show, I guess, it doesn't matter where you are, right? I know like a lot of people, they're like, oh, New York City, you know, people are on top of each other. I left New York City and I went to go to like the Sunshine State and where there's vastness, like there's, you know, just space and I caught COVID. Either way. So that is why last week there was not um, an episode. It was, I think there was a replay. I don't know what, what episode they replayed, but they replayed an episode. And I was really upset about that because before the COVID symptoms caught me, I actually recorded today's, um, you know, the segment with the guest. And I was ready to just do the preliminaries and package the show. And then, you know, Sunday came along and I was still trying, guys. I was still like barely making it. But I was like, nah, I'm going to I'm going to finish off this show so it could be out there for the people. You know, this is the end of Mental Health Awareness Month. I was trying to finish the month off strong. And then La Covida was like, if you don't get your ass in bed and go to sleep. <laughs> so that's that's why last week there was no episode. Um, this is why my voice sounds a little bit off and I apologize in advance if there's a little clearing of the throat or coughing that takes place. I am negative. However, those of you who have had COVID know that the symptoms like to linger and I'm praying to God that these symptoms don't linger longer than they need to. I will tell you guys this, this experience, this COVID experience was not the same as the first. The first one I was in the hospital, I thought I was going to die literally this time around. I'm, I don't know. I mean, I know the strands tend to be a little different. They keep saying that this strain is uh, less, you know, hostile than the others. But I also think it's because on this, you know, I've been on this wellness journey, like I told you guys, dealing with some health concerns. I've been drinking a lot of herbs. I've been taking in a lot of natural substances. And, you know, as soon as the the parentals, you know, the gumuns heard that I and my other cousins potentially might have had COVID because we were still testing negative at the point where the, the one um, cousin had was positive. They automatically were like, you guys have to drink this concoction and you're going to drink it now. They called it the anti-COVID concoction. And we were, we've been drinking the anti-COVID concoction. They had us gargling vinegar and sea salt, which, listen, it might sound crazy to some of y'all, but I truly believe that the drinking of the concoctions, the gargling of the vinegar and the sea salt and taking all these damn immunity shots and drinking all these teas is what has you know is what has kept me because I you know already am immunocompromised so you guys already know I should have been in the hospital right now with this COVID but God is greater and I am not and thank God all of us are okay all of us are up and running um 
So <laughs> needless to say, very long PSA. The the PSA, I think the original point of this PSA was to tell you guys to keep your mask on on public transportation. People are nasty in these streets. They have no consideration. They know they're sick. They know they potentially may have COVID, but people want to still be out here having fun. They want to still be mingling with no mask. Um, so you really have to protect yourself. And although the government is saying one thing, you guys have to be, I mean, you guys have to put your thinking caps on, put your thinking caps on and really just, you know, think about yourselves and your family members. Think about keeping, you know, your, at least yourself safe. If nobody wants to, to be safe, that's on them. But you got to do what you got to do because we're literally out here on our own. And COVID, unfortunately, is starting to wreak havoc all over again. And I was really hoping that there'd you know, be a day where we would say, ah, this COVID thing is, is, is leaving. But it looks like it's coming back. And it may be one of those things where COVID is here to stay. But we still don't know, you know, the long-term effects of COVID. We still don't know what this thing is. So... I'm not down to be catching COVID three, four, five times. You know, it might happen, but at least it won't be, you know, because I was not prepared. So I'm just saying, I know it's summertime. I know some of you guys, you know, we've been single for a long time. We want people to see our faces, but it's not worth it. That's all I got to say. Either way. So the episode that I recorded last week going to be playing it this week. We had an amazing guest by the name of Ashley Taylor. She is a 22 year old massage therapist licensed. I got to put that there licensed massage therapist, as well as a licensed esthetician. She is the CEO and founder of Amnethyst Magnolia Skin and Body Studio. So we're going to talk about how her services play into this conversation of mental health and how massage therapy and aesthetics can improve one's mental health. So definitely keep it locked for that. But before we get into the meat of the show, you know, I have to come back with the preliminaries. I know I've been skimping lately. So it is now time for the Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week. Do you understand the word? definition um what does keep keep mean what's on fleek can you use it in a sentence i want fleek to lit and it's gonna be lit major key it's time for the urban dictionary word or phrase of the week so this week's urban dictionary word or phrase of the week is hope fillet Hopefully is when a man attempts to prepare a meal for a woman with the main course consisting of any type of filleted meat or fish in hopes of wooing his dinner guest. Example, I prepared Mallory a serious hopefully last night when she came over for dinner. Second example, what the hell is a hopefully? Response, it's a filet that hopefully will win the lady over. Now... You know, when I first, like when I read the first sentence, I thought they were going to like dog the efforts of the man, but it looks like that's not what they were trying to do. I guess there's an explanation here because when I saw it, I'm like, hopefully, I thought it was more along the lines of like, okay, well, this guy probably can't cook. So he's, you know, doing a filet, something really light, something really easy for, you know, his dinner date. And I was expecting it to be a whole like this, like. Like this is the best that you could do. So I was prepared for this conversation, but apparently 
um, he is trying to woo the lady over and probably, you know, woo the panties off the lady, hopefully with this filet dinner. But I'm trying to understand. I still feel like the fact that it's filet means that there is an ease to the preparation of the dinner, which is why he chose a filet as opposed to anything with a bone. Now, I might be going a little too far into this. I still have somewhat of a COVID brain, but I'm trying to understand what this definition is trying to say here. Like, what exactly is it trying to accomplish? Because it's not really hitting and it's not really giving what it's supposed to be giving. Um, I am disappointed. I am disappointed in this one. I am still, you know, usually I'm pretty good at trying to give the submitter some sort of like, I don't know, some sort of like win here. But ma'am, sir, I don't know what the hell you were trying to accomplish here with this hopefully um, exam. Like, I don't, I don't get this. Is anybody out here? Has anybody heard this term before? I honestly feel like people who submit to urban dictionary, I'm trying to understand because I mean, I can tell you right now, I have a lot of Rita isms, but I have yet to try to submit them to any type of publication of any sort and I'm and I'm wondering. I, I don't know. I'm so, I'm confused. And I'm I'm not going to give this any more energy. <laughs> so hopefully that's apparently a term. I don't think anybody in their mother is using it. But if you are, I would be very curious to know why. Send a DM to according to RP on Instagram, or if you are more formal than that, send me an email at according to RP at gmail.com. Either way. It is now time for the Haitian Creole word or phrase of the week. So this week's Haitian Creole word or phrase of the week is salop. Now, before you guys criticize me and say, oh, why is she giving out bad words or mean words on Haitian Creole word or phrase of the week? I am going to say this. I have been DM'd specifically by individuals asking for more quote unquote bad words, mean words, because the thing is, is that what I find with the non-Haitian and non-Creole speaking community, they are very interested in learning the language, yes, but they are more so concerned they are more so interested in knowing when people are talking about them. That seems to be the overarching reason why several individuals seek to learn Haitian Creole. It's not because they're trying to add another language under their belt, right? Because we live in America and although they say it is you know, wonderful to be a polyglot, which is somebody who speaks several languages, to be you know bilingual, trilingual, or whatever the case is, I live in America and for the most part, you know, I speak English, <laughs> you know, when I'm not uh, speaking something else, I, I don't know, some other mix of whatever Rita isms, you know, I speak English for the most part and I can get by with that. You know, is it cool to learn a little Espanol, you know, to speak a little Francais? Of course, it's beautiful. But at the end of the day, I can get away with my English in America and I can get away with my English abroad for the most part. Right. Um, but I find that most people really want to they really want to know what are the bad words? Because I need to identify when somebody is speaking bad about me. So this is actually upon request, everyone. 
This is actually a prime request. And I'm giving this introduction and I'm giving this explanation. The word salop is not like F you. It's not the F word. It's not the B word. We're not going that extreme. I feel like if people are requesting me to explain <laughs> and to explain the definition or to give the definition of like those words, I'm sorry, I'm not the one for you. But salop is a, a term that you will hear um, very often. Um, when Haitians are not happy with you. <laughs> as a child, I've been called a salop many times. And it's not because I am a salop. It's just because, you know, sometimes there are some phrases, there are some words that parents like to just spew out there with no real context. So salop means um, somebody who is not clean, somebody who is dirty, you know, maybe pig-like. <laughs> Somebody who's just nasty and the nastiness could be, you know, I guess it could probably be in personality, but a salop is really somebody who is unkept, unkept, somebody who's leaving things all over the place, somebody who is not cleaning up after themselves, um, somebody who's just dirty and unclean, right? And it's not so that they're closed and then they're walking around, they're unclean, but like, you know, there are a lot of people out there who do not like to clean up after themselves or you go into their home, it's a pigsty. That is a salop. But again, like I said, Haitians, when they are upset with you, they will throw a lot of these words out there. And sometimes you're like, you called me a salop, but I am clean. I don't understand. But it's part of that, like, you know, that venom. Salop is one of those words that, you know, it might get thrown at you never in a nice way. There is never nobody's ever calling somebody a salop and, and they're intending to be nice. So if somebody calls you a salop or saloperie, Saloperie is like another, uh, is a, um, I can't even speak, derivative, <laughs> a derivative of salop. If somebody calls you a salop or a saloperie, a salopette, which I think is usually geared toward women, dirty women, unclean women, a salopette, um, they are saying that you're unclean, you're unkept, you're dirty, you're just, it's not a good thing. So if you do hear that word being hurled at you, know that the Haitian is is not speaking good things of you. <laughs> um, know that you are not well liked in that moment, okay? Um, so that's that. <laughs> So now it's time for one of my favorite sections of the show. It is now time for the Big Up of the Week. So this week's Big Up of the Week goes to Angeli Gomez. So for those of you who, who are like, this name sounds so familiar. She is the mother that ran into the Rob Elementary School um, in, Elva, in Ulvade, Texas, um, to rescue her children during the mass shooting that took place just, what, a week, two weeks ago? Um, and so the reason that I wanted to highlight her is because, you know, this is... I don't want to say this is what a mother is, but when we're talking about like a hero and somebody who is like not me and not my children and I am not going to stand by and 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 allow anything to happen to my kids, this is what you see. Like her picture needs to be next to whatever that that definition is in the dictionary. 
So basically, I looked at her interview, I, I reviewed her interview, and I just looked for all the articles that I could about this woman and the situation at hand. So basically, for those of you who don't know, and if you don't know, I don't know where you're living. Um, there was a mass shooting that took place in um, Ulvade. Is it Ulvade? Uvalde? Uvalde, Texas, um, about a week or two ago. Again, guys, remember I had COVID, so therefore I have no idea what was yesterday, but I believe it was within the last two weeks this took place. And, you know, mass shootings of any kind, obviously, uh, as a devastation, not just for the town where it happened, but for the entire nation, in fact, maybe even the entire world. And so here, um, you know, elementary school children, I think the final count, including two teachers, might have been 21 um, individuals, mostly children um, in the fourth grade class, I believe, were shot dead by an 18 year old um, who was from the area. He was also killed by the police. Um but it's very, very tragic story, very, very sad story. And just all the rhetoric that's coming out of that with respect to gun laws and, you know, we need to have doors and all this other crap that's happening. It's just it's really crazy. But the point of this is to highlight this woman who um, was outside standing by right as the gunman was literally shooting up the school police officers were outside i guess strategizing on how they were going to enter into the school and stop this gunman um i think the, you know the reports are are all over the place but i believe the final report that i saw was maybe what 75 minutes went by before police officers actually like ran in to do anything um but this woman literally was out there telling the police officers like is anybody going to go in there and do something like what are you guys doing like what is happening here our babies are inside there our children are inside there so at some point, the police officers actually handcuffed her because she was just getting a little too much, a little too riled up. And I guess they were tired of her telling them how to do their job. At some point, she convinced another officer to unhandcuff her. And at that point, she bolted, climbed the fence, got into the school, rescued her two children who were in two different classes while hearing the gunshot still popping off in the school, ran out of the school with her two kids and brought them to safety. Meanwhile, the police officers were still out there. So many are looking to this woman as like a hero. And it's like, this is a mother's love. Like she was willing to put herself at risk, to put her life at risk to save the two children. She was not going to sit here and wait for these police officers that were just standing around, you know, plotting and whatever, as her children were still inside with an active shooter. Now, the crazy part about the story, which is where the womp womp of the week is going to come in, is the fact that the Uvalde, Texas Police Department basically threatened this girl and was like, if you don't keep our name out your mouth, we know you are on probation. You're going to get into some serious legal troubles if you keep talking to the media. Now, my thing is, how dare you? Like this woman went in and and performed one of the greatest acts of love I think one can ever perform, right? Went in harm's way, ran into the fire to go save her two children while the police department was out here, I don't know, drinking Dunkin' Donuts coffee or whatever they were doing. And so this woman is sharing her story 
as somebody who actually went in to the building, ran to rescue her children while shots were still firing. And you have the audacity to tell this woman that if you don't stop talking to the media, we are going to you may be looking, you know, or facing rather legal issues because you're on probation. What does that have to do with her going in there to save her children? She she was not going to sit back while you guys figured out the master plan. And your response to her sharing her story, like, yeah, she's criticizing the police department because she's like, I had to run in there to save my own kids. These police officers were literally out here, like just doing nothing. Nothing was happening. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking more about this because it's not like she was like, oh, five minutes went by and they didn't do anything. Like the reports are talking about 40 minutes, 50 minutes, 75 minutes that the gunman was in there doing his thing and the police officers were still outside. Now, it's a very tense situation. I don't know what the protocol is. So some might say, listen, you know, they had to do what they had to do. But really, 75 minutes. That's how long it took for them to go in there. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm quoting 75. That's the last report that I heard. Um, could have been less than that. Who knows? So don't crucify me if, you know, if I got the minutes wrong. But either way, for a parent, one minute is too long. Two minutes is too long. But the fact that they can come out and threaten her, basically, or as they say, warned her that, you know, if she keeps talking to the police, you know, she might face issues because she has probation like that has nothing to do with anything. What's going on here is that they're probably embarrassed or maybe embarrassed is not even the word. I don't even know if they care. But basically, she's calling out the police department um, and their inefficiencies. And at this point, the whole world is looking at them. And so this woman's out here pointing out their ineffectiveness and their inefficiencies and their delay. And they're not happy about it. They don't want to look bad to the world. And so now they're threatening her. So hopefully nothing happens to this woman. At the end of the day, she's a hero for her kids. She saved her kids. Um, And there was one thing that she said that was really, really um, sad. It really, really caught me is when she said, you know what? a lot more babies could have been saved if there was, if there was action, if, if, if they had, if the police had acted, you know, at, I guess in an appropriate time, more babies could have been saved. And I think she may be right with that. I mean, again, you know, I wasn't there, but this woman was there and went inside and saved her children. So she knew what she was talking about. So either way, big up of the week to Angeli Gomez, womp womp of the week to the Uvalde, Texas police department. Now, with that being said, everyone, we are moving on to the meat of the show. Hey, all right, everyone, I'm here with my very special guest, Ashley. Ashley, please say hello. Hi. So, Ashley, thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on the According to RP show. You came highly, highly, highly recommended by my dear friend, Joanne uh, Briere. Um, But thank you again for taking the time. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you actually taking the time to listen to what I have to say. 
Yes, yes. And so um, for the most part, everybody, you guys know that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. We've said it so many times throughout the course of this month on this show. Um, But today we really wanted to get into how massage therapy, how, you know, aesthetics, how that, you know, links with mental health. And so, Ashley, I know that you're in the industry. So I want you to just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and then more in depth with what you do. So my name is Ashley Taylor. I'm a massage therapist and esthetician. Um, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, specifically in Flatbush. Uh, My family comes from Jamaica, so I am Caribbean. Um, I started out my journey to massage in about 2017. Mm -hmm. Um, I decided at first I thought I was going to be a doctor. I was (laughs) on it. I had it in my heart of hearts that I knew I was going to be a doctor from I was young, I knew that I just had to help people. But doctor, that little biology degree was right. really hard for me. So I took time away from school, adjusted my focus, and kind of stumbled into massage. Mm-hmm. It's just like, a, like keep active in school because, you know, coming from a Caribbean background, right. there's thing is, I'm just going to come home and I'm not going to, yeah. I started off with massage just to like, stay in school and stay active with something that I was interested in. And it just blossomed into something so beautiful. Um, I got into aesthetics because on the side, while I was trying to get through school and just keep money in my pockets, I was a makeup artist. And I was like, huh, my skin kind of looks weird today. What's going on with that? And I would always Mm -hmm. like labels and just like worry, like wonder what's going on. Um, That eventually turned into me just like, like seeing what else was out there outside of massage because at 22 years old you don't want to be trapped to one thing you want to be able to explore your options and still see what is left for the world so um that all happened and then I kind of stumbled into the beauty suites met Joanne and here we are right and your business is called is it Amethyst Magnolia Skin yes. Body and Studio. I was like, I thought I was going to like stumble over the word amethyst. <laughs> so I was like, let me I, not come in. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> dear to me that I refuse to change it. We're just going to have to learn together how to say it together. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So, I mean, you know, I'm happy that you gave your age because, you know, I wanted to ask, but I was like, no, because I, I was told how old you were. But, you know, sometimes we don't want the world knowing. But I'm glad that you said your age, because you know what? I think that it's so amazing that at the age of 22, you were able to really create this business that is, you know, not just bringing money into your pockets, but actually giving back to the community and providing a very you know needed service for all. Right. So I want to congratulate you and say, you know, girl, at 22, most of us didn't even know what the hell we were doing with our lives. So <laughs> um, I on the fence a lot about it when I first got started because when you see me you see a young woman you obviously know I'm young but you don't have like a real pinpoint you can't say mm. and I noticed like a lot where people don't take us as seriously as young entrepreneurs as young any type of professional mm-hmm. I'm already at sideways when I come into a room because when you see me and you hear my age it's like oh she might be this way she might be that way right but when Come in for a service, you always get greeted professionally. The service is handled professionally, and that's just how I carry myself. Okay, so I want to get into the name that we are going to learn how to say before the end <laughs> of this uh, show. How did you come up with this name, Amethyst Magnolia Skin and Body Studio? So, um, Amethyst Magnolia is like a combination of everything that makes me me, 
And that's just how I like to think of it. Amethyst, magnolia, amethyst being my birthstone because I'm born in February, magnolia being my favorite flower, and ah. initials. And it's two words that equal 16 letters, which is my birthday. Interesting. So you're really intricate with all of this. This is not just some random any, mini, mighty mo. <laughs> it has been planned to a T, even the things that people aren't thinking about or seeing. That's why a lot of things seem to come out very slowly mm-hmm. when they come up as far as like what happens on my social media or anything of that nature. Everything mm-hmm. I do very well thought out and I'm very, I'm an overthinker. So I think about everything. Right. Okay. Okay. So let's get into the services that you provide. So we know um, there's massage therapy, but I I know as being somebody who's um, you know frequented massage parlors <laughs> that there are different types of massages. There are different styles. So um, talk to us about your massage therapy practice. Like, what do you um, offer? And then maybe we can go into what you offer on the aesthetic side of things too. Okay. So I offer. Three types of massage at the moment. I'm always looking to grow and learn new things. Um, but at this moment, I'm just focusing on my core values, which are um, core services, I should say. Swedish, deep tissue, and hot stone. A little bit of background about each service. Swedish is more of like a general, very relaxing massage. I always uh, <laughs> I always tell people to try that one out first, just because it's a great way to, for us to see each other out. Because I feel like massage therapy is a very um sensitive thing right it's every massage therapist is not for every person and vice versa so just for us to like get a good like meeting and um understand what's going to be happening during the services deep tissue is a little bit more targeted um i focus on more of your problem areas and hot stone is kind of like a blend of hot uh, hot stones and deep tissue where um i find your your issue points and i use the hot stones to help alleviate any tension that i find Okay. Now you said uh, issue point. So what, what does that mean? Like if, if, if you find an issue point, what does that look like? So for me, um, as I'm going through the service, I'll go through it generally just to see what I'm feeling. And sometimes I'll feel like um, you guys would call them knots. Um, I call them adhesions. Um, I find something and I ask you, like, how is that feeling? And we talk about it and we try to alleviate that. So mm-hmm. I find that these days, a lot of people have a lot of issues in the um, upper body because mm-hmm. we're all typing away, not focusing on our posture. Right. So I'm it's in the shoulders, in the chest, in like the um, the upper area right over here. Um, <laughs> I know mm-hmm. some people, so um, this is the trapezius or the, the little area on top of your shoulder. Okay. Okay. It's interesting you say that because I feel like every time I go get a massage, they're always like your neck. <laughs> this is so tense up here. What is happening? <laughs> yeah. Um, nine times out of 10, if you have a good massage therapist, they're going to tell you what you do for work. You're not right. going to already know. Okay. 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 And so I want to talk about now your um, aesthetic services. So when people think about aesthetics, they think about like facials um, and I guess maybe now body contouring is, is one of the, the things that I'm seeing more and more about. So talk to us about those services. So I offer facials. I offer um, a basic, which is just Quick and easy, um, just a quick skin analysis and just me performing the service. A deep cleansing facial, um, a men's facial, teen's facial, 
because the men and the kids still need to be introduced into skincare as well. Mm-hmm. I also body contouring services where I either sculpt, tighten, or reduce whatever problem areas you're having. So if that's cellulite in the legs or a little bit of um, extra tummy, mm-hmm. that's always very popular. So I always helped with those problem areas. Okay, cool. And so now I kind of want to talk about um, how like your services really fit into this conversation about mental health, right? Because I'm hearing, you know, massage, right? A lot of times people are like, oh, I'm so stressed. I need a massage. But then when we're thinking about even like uh, people who may have body image issues, right? I feel like maybe that's where aesthetics might come in. And so I kind of want to get your take on how your services kind of contribute to this conversation on mental health and stress relief and things like that. So um, a lot of people don't even understand that massage is more than me grabbing some oil or lotion and just get into work. Um, there is a science behind it with every massage. Um, circulation is increased. So that means that your blood is getting more oxygen. So that means that there's more dopamine, there's more serotonin. If you don't know what that is, those are all your happy hormones. So mm-hmm. your body is relaxed. So you're not even thinking about it, but in that hour or however long you choose your session to be, you do become more relaxed. Your body loses its tension and you just feel better. You feel lighter and you feel good. You look good. You act better. It's just a whole snowball effects with the body mm-hmm. like you said before our image plays a huge role in how we feel and how we think mm-hmm. and if again you feel good so um to help women or men to target their problem areas whether it be their cellulite their extra tummy the extra arms just to help them with that little bit um i just feel like it helps everybody just relax a little bit more Right, right. Um, so when it comes to like your clientele, right, do when people are booking massages or these services, you know, it, is it oftentimes they'll come in and say, I am stressed out right now. I have all of these, you know, uh, mental health concerns and this is why I'm here. Or is there a way that you kind of gauge to see, you know, where people are at when they're uh, obtaining your services? Everybody's just a little bit different. You know, some clients are very open about what's going on. I've had clients for months and for almost years where they'll come in and be like, girl, my head, my shoulders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, um, or I've had clients that just come up to me who I've had for the first time and they're like, listen, I just need help. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, give people a moment to relax once they come into the space and just find their time to just feel comfortable communicating what it is that's going on with me. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you want to open up like that, I do always ask a series of questions before we get started just to make sure we're both on the same page and we both have um, cl- a clear concept of what's going to happen because a lot of people think they get a massage one time and yeah, my back is fine. My back is fixed. Um, I have no more problems, but you're not thinking that this is a continuous thing. We have to learn how to manage our expectations and just like, learn how to roll punches. Right, right. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking about, um, you know, for individuals who may be seeking out massage therapy, um, in particular, even contouring services as like a mental health, like wellness practice, like something you said just now, like, it's not just a one-time thing. You come in and you're like, all right, bam, I'm good. <laughs> it sounds like there, there needs to be, you know, several sessions in place. So is there an assessment that's done 
Um, you know, let's say the individual does come in and say, listen, I'm really, really stressed. Like, this is why I'm coming here to get massage. Um, at that point, would you say, you know what, um, maybe, you know, maybe you should look into having X amount of, of, of sessions for this, or how do you, how do you kind of incorporate that information, uh, in your sessions? Um, I always let people know what is recommended and what like general recommendations, like everybody's Mm -hmm every month or every six weeks but then I always specify it specific to the client um like for example I feel like you are pretty calm there's not many there's not many adhesions there's not much tension I feel like we went through the session and I didn't find anything serious come back as soon as you feel is necessary but let that be in a time period between three and six weeks if I find somebody who has a lot of tension a lot of knots and I just feel like we haven't really broken the surface of anything, I recommend them coming back every three weeks or even less than that, just to make sure that we're really getting to where you need to be. And again, managing our expectations and getting to the point where you need to be, where you want to be. Now, what is the consequence of an individual who has, let's say, tension all over the body, not literally like everywhere. And because of, you know, your, your certifications and because of your training, you know, that this is like stress induced, right? These are, you know, stress induced, um, tensions. So at that point, you know, I think, I think most people don't think about what is the consequence of allowing your body and allowing yourself to to be wound up like that. Um, So I don't know if maybe you can talk to that a little bit, like what, what are we facing if we don't address these knots, these issues? (laughs) You, your body literally feels it. You feel it and you're not even thinking about it. Because once I've had so many clients that once they get off the table, they're like, oh my gosh, this is, wow. I feel so light. I can take a nap. I can sleep finally. Um, you're not realizing how much fatigue it puts on the muscle and the body in general to be in that stress, like fight or flight response all the time. Um, prolonged stress and prolonged adhesions in the muscle tend to lead to injury. Um, if your hamstrings are always tight, if your back is always tight, if you're doing something quickly, you're going to snap something. Something's going to hurt. So just to prevent from getting to these bigger issues like torn muscles or um, just discomfort in general, I always recommend getting your massages regularly so we can stay ahead of everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And I, and I, and I like that you say that because I think that a lot of times people, they look at massage therapy and any type of aesthetic services as like a luxury item, as opposed to a necessity of life. So can you talk about that a little more? Like, the fact that, you know, getting a massage is not something like, oh, you know, let me treat myself to get this, but it's actually, it could actually be part of a wellness routine. I talk about this all day, every day. I'll talk about it till I'm blue in the face. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that massage is not a luxury. It is a necessity. Um, if you scroll down far enough to the bottom of my Instagram page, you're going to see that because I believe in it so much. Um, I feel that people always get wrapped up in, oh, that's just something that I've seen people on the Upper East Side do. Um, that's not something that I find that my friend, I've seen before. And I just feel like it's time to let go of what we've seen and what we know and experience new things as, as far as wellness because it can help. It is scientifically proven. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. not just thing. We have science and evidence and everything that can back it up that massage helps. It increases circulation. It releases good hormones. It just makes you feel better. And um, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Cause I, I've, you know, in my, 
in my years of living, right? I've gotten to the point where I'm like, the, like the spa day is not something that should be, that should ha- be, you know, like once a quarter mm-hmm. or once a year, it really should be something where it's like, am, am I getting this massage weekly or bi-weekly <laughs> or not? <laughs> like, I get, I will honestly go off on a tangent because I know like your body, you can feel it. I know myself, I can feel when like I'm too tense. I can feel like when such situations are starting to put too much stress on me. So it's like, I know other people can feel it. I will talk about this for hours. I just know that people always confuse the two and think like, this is not something for me. It is for you. We're available to help you. Massage mm-hmm. that are just far off in the reach and never experienced before they're they're available they're all around Mm -hmm. right i know another criticism um that i'm i hear around like the beauty industry or wellness industry is that you know for people of color and communities of color um rates are usually not affordable so even though we shouldn't be looking at it like a luxury item some might say but it kind of feels like a luxury item if i go and get this massage i mean what is your uh take on that like if somebody were to say i can't afford massages it's too expensive um i would say let's be realistic life is expensive but would you rather pay 100 or so dollars for a massage now or $2,000 for the hospital bill later when your back is messed up, or however much for the medications that you have to consistently refill because your body is not healing itself the way that it should. So it's like six is one, half a dozen is the other. It's really whatever you prefer to do. I always say preventative care is the way to go and Mm -hmm. just take care of your body now because it's the only one that you have. Right. And I like that because I think that a lot of us might have at some point been caught up in that. But what I'm realizing, it's really about priorities, right? Like, what are we prioritizing in life? You know, it's just like how people say I can't eat healthy because it's so expensive. It's like, okay, you can keep going to McDonald's, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so, you know, something's going to have to give. Even with my age group, because again, the young 20s, the early 20s were always wrapped up in, oh, I need this bag. I need these shoes. I mm-hmm. need things to be done. This, that, and a third. Oh, I don't have the size makeup. First of all, your makeup is not going to look that great if the skin underneath isn't doing what it needs to do. Right. Your clothes aren't going to feel good if you can't wear them because your back hurts. Like it's the little things that people aren't even paying attention to. And again, it really falls back into just priorities. Like my age group is so wrapped up in designer this, designer that. Oh, she has it. I need it. But focus on yourself. Like Mm -hmm. you are in this body for a limited period of time and you need to make sure that you're doing it justice because you may feel good now. But let's talk about when you hit 30 and 40. Um, you're not going to feel that good. Then. Girl, I can tell you because I'm there. <laughs> I can tell you. It's not like I am taking this massage and, you know, aesthetic thing more seriously now as I'm getting older because it is not popping in these streets. <laughs> I'm, I grew up, uh, I grew up around a lot of older women, not older, but. I'm the baby of the family, so mm-hmm. I know what watch people go through things before you get there. Mm-hmm. So I've seen my sister go from 20 to 30, and I've seen 20-something sister does not feel like 30-something sister. Mm-hmm. 
as fast. The back's not feeling as how it used to feel. So it's like watching these things and watching my mother even go from such, like I used to see my mom run down the street with 20 groceries. You need help, mom? No, I got it. I got it. To now she's in her 60s and it's like carrying the grocery bags ain't as easy as it used to be. So just like knowing that and seeing it in person and just knowing that I had to take care of myself changes my perspective on everything. Right. You know, when I think about um, the the beauty wellness world, right, the massage therapy world and and the aesthetic world, um, I don't find too many men taking advantage of these services. So when we're talking about mental health and we're talking about, you know, the weight of the world on your shoulders and how can we, you know, de-stress, how can we, you know, improve our moods and, and reset, get better sleep, things like that, you know, um, as much as our, our women, you know, we know we're overworked, but then there's the men as well, right? Um, so do you, do you see many men of color coming to get massage therapy or aesthetic services? And if not, I guess, how can we increase that? I don't see it as much as you think. Um, for the most part, it's usually like women booking services for their husbands or um, they found out to, about me through another person and they're just trying it out. And that it is not the end of the world to take a moment out for yourself and just feel your body start to relax. It's not a problem to um, take a moment and get rid of the tension in your body or that little pimple in your beard. You know, it's just a mm-hmm. little bit. And also just laying up the benefits for the men. Um, when it comes to men, I always say, Hey, um, it'd improve your workouts. So you see how you're only able to hit a PR, well, for some gym talk, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like caught up in statistics of the gym and how they work out and how they play basketball. Like, Hey, it'll improve your game. It'll improve how you work out. Hey, it'll bring in more ladies. If you didn't have that stuff going on in your being. So it's like just letting them know how it can help them and just like putting the, putting it in their face. They can't turn it down. Right, right. Yeah, and I know that, you know, some men may agree with me or not, but, you know, it is all about kind of impressing the ladies as well, too, right? You don't want to be out here with, you know, all these pimples and bumps in the back, especially the back of the head bumps. I mean, listen, like, what is that? Can somebody, can you tell me what that is? Like, what is this, the back of the head bumps? That actually depends on what their barber is doing. Oh. That they use aren't as clean as they need to be. That's not my job. That's sanitation job. But (laughs) uh, if the clippers aren't as clean as they need to be, or they're just not taking care of their neck and as they should, because Mm -hmm. the three body wash, shampoo, conditioner is not what we need, fellas. (laughs) Oh gosh, guys, throw that away. (laughs) I want you to want better for yourself, guys. (laughs) Right, right. So the three in one shampoo—that's not—that's not not what we need to be doing. Okay. I hope they took that message. <laughs> I really hope they did, because I'm tired. Body <laughs> wash cannot shampoo, deodorize, change your oil, and do all of the 50 things that it says it's going to do on the bottle. Right. Yes. Oh, if my gosh. Nothing else for me? Take that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm going to highlight that. I'm going to have a highlight <laughs> clip. Like, guys, no more three-in-one shampoos. Thank this you. is why... <laughs> You get the bumps. Therefore, this is why you don't get the ladies. <laughs> sure, your your barber has some clean clippers. Ask mm. about clippers. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I didn't even think about that. But that is, I feel like that is the correlation. Dirty clippers. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's your culprit. 
Okay. And so I guess, you know, overall, you know, we've, we, I think we got to the point where we have an understanding that massage therapy, aesthetic services are essential to mental health because they can help elevate moods. They can help, you know, um, I guess with you with better sleep patterns and all of these wonderful things that a lot of us suffer from. Right. Um, but there still seems to be a lot of misconceptions about what these services are. So in terms of educating the community, especially communities of color who tend to view it more as like luxury item service and not necessarily essential, um, how can we, I guess, increase the awareness on, you know, these services being especially beneficial to improve mental health? I work on that regularly because it is something that I always struggle with. Again, people always look at me like, um, I don't think that's something for me or my age group or whatever. Um, I always tell people that this is for you. It's not because people want to take money from you. It's not because like we just want to grab you and just have you as a client forever. Um, I always like to remind people that, again, this is the one body you have. And why not treat it with as much respect as you can? Why not take the time out? and treat yourself. I use the word treat very loosely because this is, again, a therapeutic massage. Mm -hmm. I'm and I'm getting rid of knots. I'm helping you to stand better, live better, and have just an improved quality of life. Um, For that simple fact, I feel like people should just pay attention to the the need for it. It is a necessity, not some some luxury item. It's not a designer bag. (laughs) It's not shoes. It doesn't depreciate what value. This is your health. Mm-hmm. So, my little tidbit. Right. No, I absolutely love that, and I think that I think that more and more people are slowly getting um, this message. Especially the pandemic, I think, has opened a lot of people's eyes when it came comes to wellness and health and mental health, especially. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think a lot of people are just like, "Whoa, like, what is happening here? I need to get my life together." Um, and so, but have you seen an increase, I guess, of um, bookings, you know, in the last, I would say, year as a result of, you know, this pandemic? Definitely, because um, people are craving physical touch. That mm-hmm. is one of humans. We do need to interact with other people, but not only in like a verbal way, we do need that that little bit of physical contact. That always makes people feel a million times better, mm-hmm. but also... Just being in your house by yourself, especially when the pandemic first ended, well, quote unquote, first ended, um, first able to like go back outside and enjoy each other's company. There was such a need for massage because people hadn't been around people. They haven't been touched. They haven't, they've been feeling these new pains because now our lifestyles has changed so drastically. We're not working out as much. We're now hunched over computers. So when we first, it was like Watergate. It was like everything just came out at once. Everybody mm-hmm. just... I was super busy. I've since kind of slowed down because, um, again, I've adjusted from addressing the public into doing something more private. Um, but nonetheless, massage is still beneficial to all. And yeah. All right. All right. And so, Ashley, I know people are listening and they're just like, wow, I need to get a massage from this young woman. I need to get some contour. You know, summer is like what? Summer is right. Listen, it's a couple it's weeks cool. away. It's Memorial Day. It's already summer. The pools are open. The pools are summer, but you know, like I like to stick with the technicality. So like summer solstice begins June 21st. So I'm going to give myself till June 21st. (laughs) 
to get it right. <laughs> so how can we how can we book services, um, you know, to get to get our mind, body and soul right? Not just the body, but, you know, the mind as well. <laughs> so you can go to amethystmagnolia.com. Um, I have a full functioning website, which kind of surprises some people at 22. Like I got the website. <laughs> right. I got all my little ducks in a row. Um, amethystmagnolia.com or amethystmagnolia on Instagram. Um, if you're not on either, you can shoot me a quick text or call at 347-871-7514. And amethystmagnolia is A-M-E-T-H-Y-S-T-M-A-G-N-O-L-I-A. So, right. I love it. And again, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm ex- so excited that, you know, at such a young age that you're able to have all these things together because there are people who are like in their forties and fifties who still, you know, can't get things together. And it's no knock to them. I don't know what's going on in their life, but I think that for the young people who are wanting to, you know, be taken seriously, like you said, um, that you serve as an example for them to be like, I can do this. This girl has her stuff going and I want to be just like her. So congratulations again. And I really commend you for your work. You know, um, for young people who are trying to do anything and it feels like everybody's just looking at you, um, everything happens. Everything works on how you present yourself mm. because started everything I do. I present myself professionally and honestly, had Joanne not played up on my age and like everybody <laughs> saying, you need to talk about your age. This is monumental. I wouldn't have said anything. <laughs> right, right. I'm when I started, I kept my mouth closed about my age because again, everybody side eyes you when you're younger. And it was just like now that I've flourished and I'm where I want to be, um, I'm talking about it. And I'm hearing that it's a pretty big deal. <laughs> Well, girl, it is a big deal. It's a big deal. I mean, have you seen the state of the streets lately? (laughs) I'm running from that, okay? Right. (laughs) I want to be established enough to just not have to have hands-on work and just do what I love, which is helping people feel their best. Um, When I get to 40, I don't want to have to deal with the back-end stuff or the Mm front-end stuff. Um, Do what I love and leave. I want to have a place people where they need to be and just be happy. Well, you're definitely well on your way. So (laughs) it might even happen before 40. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again, Ashley, for taking the time to talk about, you know, your business to talk about you and to just talk about again, like, you know, this connection between massage therapy, aesthetics, just, you know, the world of beauty and mental health. I think a lot of people miss that connection, but I am excited that you were able to kind of bring us, you know, bring it together for all of us. And so I just really thank you for your time. Thank you again for having me. Thank you for the platform. And I look forward to seeing you and your lovely followers very soon. Yes, definitely. So everyone, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of According to RP on WJMS Media powered by Black Ivy Media. It's your girl, Rita Peer, your host. And as always, I will talk to you guys next week. You were listening to According to RP on WJMS Radio. About time you tuned in. Tune in each and every Sunday. Can't wait to come back. 7 p.m.